Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Hello, howdy, howdy. Welcome back, everybody, to The Burt Not Ernie Show. Uh, It is the month of May, like mid-May. And um, I'm not real sure if maybe you have this problem wherever you live, but in our backyard, there are like um, the squirrels that are, they're loud. They're like really loud and kind of, they get agitated and they do this like shrieky scream kind of thing at us. Like whenever we're out in their territory for too long, like it's our backyard, but apparently their territory. So, you know, when, when the squirrels start to shriek, Yeah, that is how we know it is officially springtime in Kansas. Um, And this year, we have a hawk that's been like hanging around. It's sort of, um, I guess you could say sort of cool, but mostly super gross at the same time. Just like, no, if I could just have my way, I would say no to the hawk. He leaves behind like icky things that we find when we mow the backyard and he swoops down and he kind of tries to exert his yard ownership rights, I guess. And so while he's not big enough to do anything like pick up or really do anything to our 10 and a half year old black pug, Jack, um, he could hurt him with his talons. Like, okay, so you have to think of Napoleon Dynamite, right? Like, do the chickens have large talons? Like, I mean, he has big talons. He sits in this tree to eat and it's just gross. So um, I'm really happy to see more leaves on the trees that are like the hedgerow behind our fence back from when this was farmland and not a housing development because like the trees, when they're in full leaf, um, I can't see him so much. And I don't like him sitting there tearing up his food right outside the window where my uh, corner office is. So yeah, yay for leaves. And also super weird that springtime brings an aggressive hawk and like screaming squirrels, super strange. So Um, and also like, if you know me, you already know what I'm going to say. The worst part of that hawk, like the worst part, like, yeah, feathers, feathers, hawk feathers are not small. They're like pretty, pretty large feathers and they're kind of all over the yard. And I just, if you know me, you know, I do not do feathers. I do not do feathers. I hate them. Like hate, 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 hate bird feathers. So I'm glad it's spring, but could like the weirdness in our yard kind of be over soon? That'd be awesome. And the feathers, no, they're just so bad. So, so bad. Also, my voice is scratchy and I don't know why. So I apologize and I hope you can just kind of endure it. I'm trying to not make it scratchy. I'm not sick and I don't think I'm having allergies. I don't know what it is. So anyway, sorry about that. All right. So hopefully your spring is going really well in spite of whatever weird outdoorsy animal drama you might be dealing with. Kids are probably almost done with school, right? Um, We've had one daughter graduate from college via um, a pretty cool online ceremony that Cedarville University held live on the day that would have been the day that 
that the students walked on their graduation day, and another daughter whose college graduation weekend is just around the corner. So May is usually super duper busy for our family, and this year, um, not so much. It's been very different. So I'm taking things in stride. I'm definitely enjoying the time at home. I'm totally an introvert. And, um, you know, with my health conditions and things, I get so tired so fast when I'm out and about doing things. And so I've really been doing pretty okay with all of this. I'm feeling refreshed and rested, which is a real blessing for me. Um, But uh, I know there's some things I'm not going to be running back to once this is over for, you know, a lot of reasons, like not just as an introvert, but also... Um, you know, my doctor, my electrophysiologist at the Cleveland Clinic has kind of given me some guidelines. Think of them more as guidelines, guidelines. Um, sorry, that's a Pirates of the Caribbean quote. We just quote movies in our family. I don't know why. He's given me some guidelines and I'm going to heed his advice. I'm going to submit to the one who is an authority over me, who knows what I don't know. And I'm just going to heed his advice and take it into consideration like on the daily. So, you know, knowing some people who have uh, been battling COVID-19, I can say it is not a joke. Uh, If you've gotten it, you know, it's not a joke. And I'm planning on being a good little guideline follower for the foreseeable and unforeseeable future, for sure. I hope that whatever life looks like for you this May, I'm sure it's different than normal Mays for you. I hope you can rest in the Lord Find his grace and his provision right in the midst of all of this. I have prayed today for everyone who will listen to this episode, whether you listen to it um, the the week it goes live or somewhere down the road in the future, you've been prayed for. Um, And I'm planning on um, continuing to pray for you because, listen, I'm really believing God's promises over you all for the very near, super duper immediate future, but also I'm asking him to do amazing things over the long term, the long haul in each and every one of your lives. So I'm praying that first of all, for this very month, May of 2020, and then secondly, for the extensive future, like however, however long in whatever way God wants to work out his promises in your life over the long term. So that's, um, You know, I just want him to show you, I've been praying that he would show you more of who he is, more of who you are in Christ and how his promises are for you right here and right now. And then to keep on showing you that day by day, and then to give you like a promise based hope laden vision for your future and for your family members future. So that's my prayer. Okay. I have a new way to set up my, um, my notes. So if you hear paper, um, you're hearing me move things around with my new way of doing things. So I apologize for the extra sound. Um, Like I usually do the dog snoring if the trash truck comes, whatever. But if you hear it, that's what it is. So we're going to look at the Old Testament book of Exodus today, which I did mention recently in another episode, um, specifically Exodus chapter 14. The Israelites had been led out of Egypt and Moses was at the helm. He was their God-appointed chosen leader. And they and where we're going to kind of park today, uh, they find themselves backed up against the Red Sea. And they've got the army of Pharaoh just hot on their heels. They were at this exact spot with the army coming at them and the Red Sea holding them back, like totally hemmed in. They're here because the Lord led them here, right? So have you ever been in a place where you're like, I'm here because the Lord led me here. They were there because the Lord led them where they're not, not in some weird abstract sort of way. 
but tangibly, like with a pillar of fire and a cloud. So night or day, they knew they were headed exactly where God was leading them. God had eliminated any chance of taking a wrong turn, you know? Now, we don't have that same 1000% clarity that they had, but we've all been in situations. And if you haven't been, you eventually will be, but we know this is where God said to go. And I'm feeling pretty hemmed in now. And I am scratching my head and uh, hanging on by a thread, trying not to panic. Okay. So let's read Exodus 14 verses 13 and 14 uh, for the new living translations. Here, here's what it says. But Moses told the people, now there are probably like a million people he's talking to. Now Moses told the people, don't be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Now, remember what I always say, like beating a dead horse about that word will, when we read a promise, the Lord himself will fight for you. Underline it like double underscore, underline it twice in your Bible. And then if possible, say it out loud. If you're in a place where you can say it out loud, even whisper it under your breath, but put that extra emphasis on that word will. Okay. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. That is a great word. That is a great word. I love it. Because, you know, it's kind of like, wow, just, yeah, wow. It's amazing. So another translation, um, probably the Amplified and maybe the NIV. I'm, um, I will put these in the show notes. I'm, and I'm, I'm not sure I wrote this, made a note of this, but I didn't mark what translation it was. So I will get that. Um, it says, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Okay. In that version, we have that word will three times. The Lord will. Um, and three times of a repetitive phrase is pretty encouraging, right? Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Okay, somebody today needs to hear that. Just those few words, three words, the Lord will. The Lord will. I don't know who that's for. Leave me a comment. DM me. Share this post uh, with somebody that you think might need to hear the Lord will. Man, those three words are powerful and they have so much hope and promise in them. He will. I have no idea what this specifically pertains to. I just know the Lord, the Holy Spirit is saying, just just kind of go on repeat here for a second and say, for whoever this is for, the Lord will. The Lord will. Somebody listening has been asking the Lord if he really will do that certain something. And he is saying to you today that indeed he will. The Lord will. He will. All right. Um, Lord bless you if that's for you. God is good, is he not? So it, it is key. It's really important right here to notice in these verses, the first thing first, right? First off, what do we want to, what do we see? First things first. God makes it totally, completely, super duper clear what he wants us to be assured of most of all. There's like a most of all thing he wants us to get here. God is telling us with like no room, zero room, or even the ittiest, bittiest, teeniest bit of doubt what his expectation is for us when we're in that really tight spot. Um, young guns, Billy the Kid, we're in a tight spot, boys. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know, again, with a movie quote. So he's saying, and I'm just going to speak to myself because I need to be preaching to myself and encouraging you. I'm not preaching to you. I'm pre- When I get animated, I'm preaching at me and I'm encouraging you. So 
uh, I'll use my own name, Jan, but you feel free to fill in the blank with your name. Jan, do not be afraid. Hey, Jan, do not be afraid. Now, I am, um, I'm not taking liberties with God's word here, okay? God tells us over and over again not to be afraid. So putting my own name in there is not, um, I'm not taking any liberties. I'm not adding something uh, that's not there. God does not want us to be afraid. He says it too many times for us to ever even think for one hot second that he wants that that fear in our lives is okay. He does not want any of his children to live afraid. It's really important. This is important. It's a big deal. Do not be afraid. Those are four important words. Do not be afraid. Four important words. Okay, pull yourself back in now if you got distracted scrolling on your phone. Okay, you want freedom? You want wholeness? You want some restoration, spiritual growth? Do you want to know God's will for your life? Do you want to know how to get to success in ways that actually count for eternity, like spiritual success for the kingdom of God, not just worldly success? Then start right here with these four words. Do not be afraid. You want freedom? Do not be afraid. You want wholeness? Do not be afraid. Restoration? Do not be afraid. Spiritual growth? Do not be afraid. What's God's will for my life? Start here. Do not be afraid. I want to have success that counts for eternity. Start here. Do not be afraid. Okay. I'm going to give an example uh, from parenting. Okay. Because I know that people who are parents can relate to this. And those of you who are not yet parents, if you're old enough to be listening to this podcast, you probably are going to catch my drift on this. Okay. So as a parent, it's one thing to say to my kiddos when they were younger, don't do that right? Um, It does not apply now that they're all adults, but you know what I mean? Like when they were younger, don't do that. Don't do that. That's one thing, like one level of parental concern or warning or authority, right? So when I say to my young child, youngest child, what about it? I up the ante now, right? I say, do not do that. Okay. I think I've raised it from threat level, DEFCON, whatever, up to a whole nother level. Am I right? Right? Parents, you get me here? don't do that. Do not do that. Okay. So, um, there's using the, the contraction is one thing, but when I use the two individual words, do not, that's a whole nother thing in the world of parenting. So I was intentional in using two versions of this verse. So I could share one that says, do not, do not right? the one from the, I think it's from the NIV. Do not be afraid. I I found one that that wrote it like that because I really wanted to emphasize this, that God is not in some placid, take it or leave it. It's not a big deal. Please don't do that way saying that to you about your fear. He's saying, do not be afraid. Give no quarter to your enemy in this area. Um, It's it's just important for us to, to see that God is firm on this. God is firm. He is not asking if we feel like not being afraid today. Maybe think about it for a while. And if you end up in agreement with the Lord based on shifting feelings, circumstances, hormones, and the like, then you can opt to not be afraid, right? You know, like he's not saying, well, you think about it for a while. And if you feel like you're, you know, PMSE mama, then, you know, you don't have to be, a, you know, you can be afraid today or these are scary circumstances. So there's room for fear. Look, it's not like that. It's not like that. Just like it's not like that when mama says to the child, do not, then it means do not. It does not mean anything less. It doesn't mean sort of don't. It doesn't mean when you feel like it don't, when you say do not do that. 
what are you gonna do when your kid's like, well, I'm gonna just think about that for a while. And in the meantime, I'm gonna do whatever it is you told me not to do. And when I get around to, to having my feelings align with what you told me to do, then I'll obey. No, 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 no. They ain't gonna fly for most parents. And we need to look at God as holy and righteous. Yes, he's our Abba Father. He's also God of the universe. And that has not diminished in the least. When he says not to do something, we need to really listen and not mess around with excuses, no matter what those excuses might be, but to really listen. Okay, God's not leaving any room on this point. And hey, the really good news here is if he says not to do something, like not to be afraid, he's totally going to give you the ability to do what he's asking you to do or not do. So when he says do not be afraid, he's going to help you and equip you and make you able to not be afraid. That is really, uh, that's worth remembering. Make note of that. Obedience in the Holy Spirit's power is pretty remarkable. But when I'm trying to obey in my own power, it's pretty unremarkable. It does not have the same end result. So can you hear the Lord saying this to you today, speaking these words directly to your heart right now? If so, if so, then just respond. And the right response is childlike trust and let go, let go of all. And I mean, all of that fear, whatever that fear is, is focused on or rooted in or based on, let it go. So first things first right? That was the first thing. And so it's super duper key. It's a key concept. And it will, the reason we want to look at the key concept is so that we can fully obtain the promise in these verses. Do not be afraid. And then what's next? It says, stand firm. What does that even mean? Right? We hear it, but what does it mean to stand firm? Um, does it look like not budging? Yeah. Holding on for dear life, no matter how intimidated you're feeling, it might at times, but I will tell you, when you stand firm, even if you start out in those first like few seconds, you're hanging on for dear life, but you're going to stand firm. Boy, you're not hanging on for dear life for very long because the Lord will empower you and protect you. And uh, if you're willing to stand firm in him, it's not going to feel like hanging on by the skin of your teeth for very long. Like it'll be brief. And I'm talking about seconds. And I really do. I've experienced this. It's the truth. Is it? Is it refusing to back down? to Satan's ploys when he is, man, he's working overtime to get you to believe the lie that God is not going to show up for you this time. Yeah, it's absolutely that. I think standing firm really does include all these sorts of things. Absolutely. And it also means we refuse doubt access to our lives. We refuse to give doubt any access to our minds and to our hearts, our relationships, our work lives, our health. We hang up a no trespassing sign and then we root out and we arrest and we shoot to kill Satan's attempts to take over. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time. Standing firm is, is a part of standing firm is to refuse doubt access to our lives, to our minds, to our hearts, to our relationships, to our work lives and our health and our health, our health. Sorry, <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, to our, I'm sorry, I'm laughing at my own dumb way I said that. Okay, to our minds, no doubt in my mind. Okay, to our hearts, no doubt in my heart. Those are phrases you've heard or read in a book, seen in a movie, heard somebody say, no doubt is allowed in my relationships because God is going to govern my relationships and he's good at doing his work of governing. There's no doubt in my work life. Why? Because God rules and reigns over my work life. No doubt in my health or health. I'm going to start saying that now to be silly, um, to make fun of myself. No doubt in my health. God is God. 
over the state of our health. You give it over to him and he's the Lord over it and it's his, okay? Hang up a no trespassing sign for real. And then when Satan comes trespassing and you're like, you point to that sign and say, in Jesus name, there's no trespassing here. My mind belongs to Jesus and you can't be here. My heart belongs to Jesus and you can't be here. My relationships, they belong to Jesus. You see that no trespassing sign? Devil, I see you. I see you. So I'm going to root you out. I'm going to arrest you and I'm going to shoot to kill. Your attempts to take over, to sneak in and to steal and to do work in an area that's not yours, that's been given over to the Lord Jesus, I'm going to shoot to kill when I, when I find out you're here. Putting on the whole armor of God, and you can look at Ephesians chapter 6 for that, that involves getting ready for battle, right? That's, that's what's implied there. You put on armor when you're getting ready for battle. Offense and defense, both of those are parts of warfare. They're parts of battle. Standing firm involves placing our feet on a solid piece of ground. Hey, that's, of course, God's word and Jesus, our firm foundation. And it involves bracing ourselves against incoming assault. Winds are going to blow, and sometimes they're going to be really violent winds. Forces of evil will push against us. Sometimes it's like Lord of the Rings. A war is here whether you would have it or not. You know, like some seasons in life, that's just the way things are. So we have to deal with that as it actually is. Or we're going to get pushed around, pushed over, and pushed backwards. We stand firm when we say sometimes war is here whether we would have it or not. doesn't matter that I don't like it. It's here. I'm living in a falling world. That's the truth of the reality. But I'm standing on solid ground. I'm anchored to Jesus. And I'm not living in denial. I'm not ostriching and putting my head in the sand. I'm standing firm and I'm believing God to do what he's promised to do. So um, there's uh, there's a movie quote or something. that's There's the way things are and there's the way things ought to be. And that comes to mind for me now and then. Like there's a lot of truth to that. Man, I can wish that things were different. But at the end of the day, I got to decide what to do with the way things are. No matter how cruddy-duddy that seems at times, there's the way things are and there's the way they ought to be. They're going to be the way they ought to be one day when when the Lord returns and set things totally aright. But for right now, I want to be able to look at the way things actually are and then and then do my living in the light of the way things are by the power of the Holy Spirit, anchored to Jesus, standing firm and not being afraid. Okay, so I'm going to list some verses that talk about standing firm, and I'm going to put some of those in the show notes. Um, I'm not going to read the entirety of the verses. I'm just going to kind of mention their location in the Bible, um, you know, like the address. Some people call that the address. And uh, I hope you can take some time soon and look them up one by one and just see what the Holy Spirit would speak to you about this subject of standing firm. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, which I just kind of mentioned, the armor of God. Galatians 5, 1, fantastic verse. Memorize it. It's a great one. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Philippians 4, 1, another one to memorize. James 4, 7. Now, James 4, 7 doesn't use the word stand firm, but for sure it's talking about the concept of standing firm. 1 Peter 5, 8 and Hebrews 10, 23. Um, I've got at least three there that I think are would be good to memorize. Galatians 5.1, Philippians 4.1, and Hebrews 10.23. I encourage you to memorize those. Standing firm is A. It's A, something we can do for sure with success because it's something God has commanded us to do. So you can successfully stand firm. And B, it's a certain path to obtaining the promises of God. 
Okay, check out the verses that I listed to see what those exact promises are. If you stand firm and you believe God for the, the promised end result of standing firm, man, you better be ready to get blessed because he's going to bless your socks off. So back to our initial passage in Exodus 14. After you stand firm, then you will. Okay, after you stand firm, then you will. Okay, always remember, double underline that word will when it's a promise from God and then say it out loud and put that extra emphasis on the word will. Trust me, trust me on this one. Just try it. Just try it. Satan does not like it when you speak God's word out loud with authority. And uh, if Satan doesn't like it, then we want to be doing it. Okay, after you stand for him, then you will. Then you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Today. Okay, that word today. I know what you're thinking. I believed God for today before. And, and the thing I believed him for didn't happen on that day. I got it. Yep, I've been there and done that. Now, my today and your today, our today, may not be this exact day as in this exact moment in time. It will be for sure the today of God's choosing. It's going to be God's chosen today. I mean, most of us would opt to be delivered from unemployment the day after we get laid off and two weeks before our severance runs out so we can never miss a paycheck or even maybe a month before our severance runs out and we can double up on paychecks and and put a little more in our savings account, right? Or go on a little shopping spree and have some extra income. Uh, Or the day we have the diagnosis from the doctor, that'd be a great day to be delivered, right? Today, today, we want our today to be our chosen today. But none of us, look, it's not fun. If we're honest, none of us really likes waiting for God's ideal day of deliverance. I don't think the Egyptians in this passage enjoyed their time in slavery at all, ever. And I don't think probably they enjoyed the way that they were treated during the time of deliverance when when God was disciplining Egypt and the Egyptians were becoming more and more furious at the Israelites as he was disciplining them and dealing with them. Um, it was hard. We'd be crazy to think otherwise, but that waiting for God's ideal day of deliverance, the blessing lies there. Folks, the blessing lies there. We don't boss him. We don't boss him. We simply trust him and believe him as we anticipate his chosen day of deliverance for us. His day to deliver you will come. That is a promise. And none of God's promises, no, not one, will ever fail to prove true in your life. So whatever day is his chosen day of deliverance, our role is just to obey him by not being afraid. And don't forget, it's totally doable to not be afraid because he told us it's something we can do. We, if he says you ought to do this, then we can do it because he'll enable us to do it. So our role is to obey him by not being afraid and to stand firm. That's like it in this passage. That's that's our job. That's our assignment. That's our end of the of the bargain, so to speak. I mean, God doesn't bargain with us, but I'm just putting it in terms that may help us understand. We do have something to do here, not be afraid and stand firm. That's that's all that's told us to do here. And then and then we receive the promise the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Okay, so I had the opportunity recently, like within um within 48 hours of kind of writing out some show, some notes to, for this episode of the show, um, I had something happen that drew out of me, pulled out of me a fair measure of stress and fear. And that's what situations do. 
Situations don't necessarily cause or create fear or stress, but they can for sure draw out what's already inside of us. So when God does that drawing out work, it's, it's so that he can remove with permanence that stuff, the dross and the crud and the ick and the yuck. It's, it's like him drawing out and removing the stuff that's harming you internally on the inside. Inside work is very, very super important to Jesus. So be quick to let him do his inside work. Be quick to let him do his inside work. So if you have a situation like mine where you're like, oh, uh, yeah, this situation is just drawing out what's inside of me, stress and fear, then just immediately yield to the Lord, turn to him and say, Jesus, do your inside work. Be quick about it because I want you to be quick about it. I want to be conformed to your image and get rid of this. Just get it out. Uh, we do like the outside of the cup to be clean and all prettied up. We do. And Jesus much prefers the inside to be truly, actually clean. Sometimes somebody that looks a little rough on the outside, they can be in the process of being made so clean on the inside, and we just don't know. We don't see it. Um, the Lord looks on the heart, and man looks on the outward appearance. It's just the way it is. We can't see what all the Lord sees, but we can pray and ask him to give us a heart to see things the way that he sees them really keep that in mind. There might be somebody that looks really rough, tore up from the floor up, and God could be doing the most amazing cleaning work on the inside of them that when it begins to spill out of them, it's going to blow our minds. So, and he might be doing that to you right now. So if you feel like, oh, I'm looking a little rough and don't we all we haven't had our nails done. Um, our hair has got two inches of, of growth and we all know how much gray is in our hair and blah, blah, blah. Right. I mean, men are looking a little shaggy because they haven't had their hair cut. We're all looking rough right now. But some people, you know what I mean? They just look rough. God could be doing something and he probably is. If they're his child, he probably is. Okay. And that is what happened to me in this recent situation. I had this fear and this stress. And then I just had to right away start giving those strong emotions. Like they're strong. And I don't mean that like they're intense. I mean, they have strength. Satan will take your emotions and he will exert his strength through them to try and tie us up if we let him. So take those strong emotions right away and just give them over to Jesus. Give them to the Lord. Trade out those like, oh, yuck things for his grace and his peace in that exact situation that's stressful. Look, he's always going to be willing and always going to be ready and always 10,000% able to do that kind of restorative, trust-building, faith-growing work in your life and my life count on it. Just count on it. It's a good work he's doing. So keep that in mind when it feels kind of scary and kind of big and you feel stuff being pulled out of you, drawn out of you. Just remember it's a good work that he's doing. It's a good work. It's a good work. Doesn't mean it's pain-free, but it's good. That is a beautiful, tremendous, just fabulous promise for us, right? The Lord. Yeah. Who is going to fight for you? The Lord. Who is going to fight for you? Who will fight for you? The Lord. That's a big, 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 big deal. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to stand firm. Deny fear access. That fear is always working to obtain access. Just deny it access. Stay calm and then see God do a miraculous work of deliverance on your behalf. He is going to deliver you. He's going to deliver you. I'm going to say it one more time. He is going to deliver you. Yep, that's a bold statement. That's a, that's a big promise for me to make because I have no idea what's going on in your life when you listen to this. 
I have no idea. I don't even know who listens to this, really. I don't know who you are. So how can I say God's going to deliver you? Well, it's not me saying it. Um, me making a promise like that means nothing. It's God's promise. God is going to deliver you. Look, it's a bold statement, but if I cannot be audaciously bold about the promises that God has written down for us in the Bible, then there ain't nothing else I even want to be the tiniest bit bold about. God is going to deliver you. So get excited, get pumped up. Deliverance day, deliverance day is coming. Deliverance day is coming for you. Alrighty. Um, that is it. I'm going to catch you back here for the next episode, which will be, this is not even hard. I should totally know what episode we're going to be on next. Um, I think, I think 27 or 28 is next. I don't know. I'll see you back here for that one. Um, just let's all keep believing God for bigger and bigger things because his promises all prove true. Okay. So join me in believing him for big things today. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. And dealing with my scratchy voice, Lord bless you. Lord bless you, Lord bless you. You know, it's like um, that that uh, promise that he has spoken over your life. Oh, Lord, make it true for every listener this week in a profound way, even today, if possible. Your today is the only today we want, Father, but do something in the lives of your children now, in the immediate now. Bring your reality and your very best for them, and your ideal will for them to bear on their lives in the immediate future. And bless them, and bless them, and bless them again. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much. Talk to you next time, guys. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day, and remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.